Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Research, reporting, industry analysis, information, and tokenomics. Welcome to Thriller Insights. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, gather around. It's time for another exciting episode of Thriller Insights. Today is April 28th, 2020, and we are talking the ultimate Bitcoin having analysis. That's right. This is what you've been waiting for. <laughs> you get a lot of messages, Carl. When are you releasing this? When are you releasing this? Well, we're releasing it today, and uh, it's been about a good week. Let's say about a good week. Uh, between this and the Ethereum Insider episode, it, that was about a good two weeks. <laughs> uh, so this one took some time. And when it came to recording right now, it's it was crunch time. And I really felt it here to get my my ideas and not only that in place, but to make sure this newsletter is completely sound with information and something that you can read over this week as you start making these decisions. Because uh, what we're trying to accomplish today, and I'm gonna say this from the, the beginning, is I'm gonna give you as much information that is readily available as of today going into the happening here on May 12th. So this way, this way you are well ahead of everybody else going into this. You know exactly what to expect either way, left or right, up or down, right? Or I should also say, you're just prepared, right? Ultimately, you're just prepared. And that's ultimately what I want to do is just give you all this information. I'll let you make the decisions. Of course, of course, you you want to hear my input. You want to know what I'm thinking. And I'm going to give that to you at the end of this show. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think is going to happen. Um, I'll give you my percentages <laughs> like I usually do. But uh, ultimately, though, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'll tell you what I'm going to do uh, specifically into this happening. I will say, though, this is probably one of the hardest episodes <laughs> I ever had to put together for y'all. Uh, there's just so much up in the air right now. I mean, we couldn't have picked a worse time uh, to have a happening. Uh, so, I mean, it's just... Yeah, it's just it's all over the place. And you'll hear me. I should also know, say this uh, because I'm not going to sit and stay up all night to edit this. So <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to hear me say having you're going to hear me say having it's just going to happen back and forth. Right. <laughs> Ultimately, you want to say having. Right. But you're going to hear me say that back and forth today. So I apologize in advance. <laughs> Save your emails. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this episode is a lot of fun, but I'll give you my analysis and let's go ahead and talk about it. Ultimate Bitcoin having analysis starting now. Having event in Bitcoin's history is approaching. That's right. A having in Bitcoin is when the number of new Bitcoin created roughly every 10 minutes is cut in half. Now, this change in the Bitcoin issuance rate 
is scheduled to take place every 210,000 blocks, around every four years. After hitting a 2020 high of over 10K in mid-February, the Bitcoin price was lower than 5K a month later. Since then, it's been on an uphill climb. The price of Bitcoin has recovered somewhat to around 7.8K. We call that Black Thursday, March 12th. Bitcoin prices have gained 103% since then, rising from 3.8K to 7.8K per Bitcoin as of right now. Now, what does this mean? This means that, remember when I told you a while back that it felt, when we reached that 10K mark in February, it kind of felt like we saw it pass us by, but we were expecting 13, 12K, right? Uh, maybe getting a little greedy. We didn't see this COVID thing coming. We knew a recession was coming. We didn't think it was going to kind of be coordinated around this COVID pandemic, right? We didn't know that they were going to literally shut everything down and lead to further decline in not only the economy, but as far as the crypto markets and Bitcoin markets. But since then, 103% is very good. Very, 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 very good. Now, that's kind of a recap of what's happened this year, but I want to talk miners, right? Now, most people don't know this, but miners play the most pivotal role when it comes to this halving. Uh, if you listen to anybody, uh, they will tell you that the halving is not priced in, or people will say the halving is priced in, you idiot. You'll see this back and forth, and I'll tell you why both those people are wrong. But first, let's talk miners. You need to understand why they're important. Now, we have to remember that when the halving happens, for Bitcoin, this cleanses the removal of inefficient miners. Now, I have to say inefficient because these uh, people, these uh, companies, and sometimes they're just little small groups, right? We have to understand why this is important and related to the Bitcoin price, the removal of inefficient miners, okay? So first, the Bitcoin rewards get allocated to very efficient miners post-happening, right? The people that have deployed correctly relative to low cost electricity, and we've covered this in the past, right? When we did the whole Bitcoin explain, the crash explain, we went into all of mining, showed you the formulas, go back and listen to that. So I won't cover it here, but we know that in order for them to remain profitable, they have to have a relative low cost with electricity as well. And ultimately, what we want is these people to be the miners on the network. Because these types of miners, not only uh, do they not have to sell as much Bitcoin, right? But most, if not all miners, in general, will operate at a loss after the happening, right? And this, this has to happen. And, and it's the ones that prepare. It's the ones that have sold prior to the happening. It's the ones that have a, a treasury of, of some sort, right? Of either fiat or have a, a very good cost in electricity that knows they can get they can get past the first two, three months after the happening, right? And this creates post happening. This creates even more selling pressure because everything they are mining is going to get sold for the very inefficient miners. But the efficient miners, the very efficient miners have better margins. They don't have to sell as much Bitcoin because they have prepared for this adjustment. Right. And this usually takes and you see it, too. You can go back and I'll have it all in the show notes. You can go back and look, look at, you know, two to four months right after the post happening. Right. Of 2016 or 2012. You can see 
you can see the, the price in Bitcoin drop, right? And it's because of these inefficient miners, they have to get removed from the network. So they, they maybe can stick around for maybe a month or two. And, uh, and sure enough, they'll start selling and even more selling. And it just, at a certain point, they just come off the network, right? And these very efficient miners win. Now, I, I talked about at the very beginning of this, I said, you know, most people will say is uh, the having priced in, right? Is, is, or no, the having's not priced in. But the question they really should be asking is, have the miners priced in the having, <laughs> right? And you really have to think about that. Like, you have to take that question because it's a very important question. It's, a, it's the most important question that no one asks around this time. You go on crypto Twitter, everybody's like, oh, they have their little polls and they'll say, is the happening priced in? Yes. Or is the happening not priced in? No. And it's the stupidest question you could be asking because it's asking the wrong people. Right. It, you should be asking, have the miners priced in the having? Right. Have the miners already taken what they needed to solidify themselves for the next couple of months? Right. Now, this is the most important question when predicting price going into the having. Right. This is the most important question, in my opinion. And this is the this is where I kind of and I'll talk about the, what, what I'm thinking about later on in the show. But. When I was deciding on what I was going to do and what I was kind of seeing with everything as, as I gathered all this information, this was a question I kept coming back to. Well, have well, car have the miners priced in the having, right? Which is also related to the downward Bitcoin price post having, right? And so we'll get back to that. But this way, and, and this is very important, you know exactly what miners are thinking right now. And you know exactly what to expect here post-happening, right? So now let's discuss something else. And I'm sorry if I'm going too fast. <laughs> You'll just have to hit rewind because this, this is a lot of information. <laughs> Currency wars. Now, you're going to hear more of this later in the year. I'm ahead of the curve. <laughs> I've, I've, I've come to accept that at this point. Uh, you know, most people who are really good in this space are ahead of the curve. And those are the people I listen to. So if they're ahead of the curve, then uh, I'm definitely going to be ahead of the curve. And then not only that, I'll probably come up with my own kind of uh, uh, analysis of what I see, you know, relative to what they're saying. So money printer go burr, right? Now, the adjusting the money supply in line with demand is one of the primary functions of the Fed and central banks, right? But as of late, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of gotten out of hand. So the most important role of the game when it comes to a deflationary environment is to make sure people's money tomorrow is, is stable, right? We know fiat currencies tend to be inflationary by their nature. That's not a you know surprise. We, we've known this for, for millennia at this point. But the, the, the importance of dynamic money supply was learned the hard way in 1929 when the Fed failed to tackle a deflationary dollar. Because at that time, the dollar deflated the purchasing power of each dollar as each dollar increased. Now, people chose to save rather than spend back then. And the velocity of money dropped during that time. The economy contracted. And the worst recession of the century followed. So it is safe to acknowledge, and this is why it's all tied into currency wars later this year. I really believe it. I really believe this is going to be a thing. It's safe to acknowledge that fiat currencies are great for day-to-day -day transactions, right? And, and if you listen to the Ethereum episode that we did a couple days ago, you'll understand that these stable coins are going to play a pivotal role, right? 
and they're fine for short term savings for right now. You know, they're convenient for for, um, you know, going down to the supermarket, buying a Slurpee or, you know, just buying groceries, getting paid on a Friday, taking your wife out for dinner, stuff like that. Right. But they have become terrible at as savings instruments. Right. Me personally, this year, I, I mean, I've already started down this trend, but this year, even my my wife has kind of come to the side now where she's like, I see what you're saying. <laughs> it's starting to make sense. And even she's realizing now that, you know, leaving money in, 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 in or I would even call it money. I would say leaving these currencies in, in fiat, right, is a bad thing to do over time. Uh, and we're seeing what's happening right in front of us, right, on the, on the news every day. So we need to remember that Bitcoin is not a fiat currency. Oh, no, it isn't. <laughs> it is certainly not responsible for keeping liquidity within the economy. That's not what it was built for. Bitcoin is a disinflationary asset with a fixed and transparent supply schedule. Don't forget that. This is why me personally, I have started to save more in Bitcoin than anything else um, as of late this year. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm one for saving just in general. I, I would not have. And this is one of the best things Bitcoin and cryptocurrency has ever taught me was how to save properly. It has taught me patience. It has taught me about economics. <laughs> it has made me dive into deeper of what I want as as a world <laughs> for not only my children, but my children's children. Right. So th these are things that uh, I never used to think about before I got into cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. It really wakes you up to what's going on. And this is why I've really come to really hold true that uh, Bitcoin is a store of value, at least my generation and you know future generations will use you know, to hold, you know, and uh, this this fiat money that we're using right now is a terrible saving instrument. It just has become that slowly over time, at least in my lifetime. Right. And so this past year and even this year, I'm even more scared to hold more cash in a bank in savings when I know I could hold it in Bitcoin, you know, and, and leave it there and know it'll accrue in value, even if it does go down. I know to I won't use it next year, but I could use it the year after that or the year after that. And I know if you look just at straight data, you can see that most most years over year when holding Bitcoin, it goes up. But every other year, it significantly goes up. And that's a best type of instrument, a savings instrument that you can have. So I just want to make sure that you realize that going into the halving, right? So I'll also also want to go into a couple things here before we get into coin analysis. I want to get into bullish factors going into the halving because I think most people aren't taking into consideration what are some bullish factors really going into the halving. First off, make no mistake, this is probably the bullish factor. The drop to six Bitcoin is far more vital this having than most people understand. Like people aren't taking this into consideration, right? Going from 12 to six is huge. It doesn't even by me saying how big this is, it doesn't even, you know, go the distance in explaining how vital this is. Right. We're literally going to be at an 18.4 million million uh, Bitcoin supply at this point. Right. Mind. Uh by 2024, we'll be at 19.7 million BTC mined, right? Uh, by 2028, when most most people, myself included, expect to, you know, start spending some of this Bitcoin in 2028, we're going to have 20.3 million Bitcoin mined, right? 
And that is going to just make Bitcoin go through the roof at that point. Right. If there if there's anything that this this having will teach you, it will teach you that if you're you were thinking of going into 2020 and then going into the bull run in 2021 and then selling your Bitcoin and doing all of that, you might want to wait another four years <laughs> when it really gets to a point to where there's really nothing left to mine. And I think most people aren't realizing how vital this is. You know, we're we're sitting on less than three million Bitcoin left to be mined in the entirety of uh, of the supply. So it's 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 crazy to think. And we we know how much Bitcoin has been lost over the years. So, yes, the the, the this 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 thing that was built by Satoshi has really um, just taken off far, far further than I would imagine he he would have saw. But gosh, it's it's crazy to think that, um, you know, six Bitcoin. Right. Jeez, that's crazy. So you really need to understand that this having is the most important because of where we're headed. We're down to six now. Right. And we're down to less than three million. <laughs> so Bitcoin left. That's crazy. Uh, 2024 will be at 19. Right. And, and we're going to be at three Bitcoin mind. Right. Like it's, it's going to be nuts. And then by 2028, we're down to like one point five. Like it's nuts. So just remember that I think. I think this having uh, is going to be the most vital having, and it's probably in its history. I think. I think when we look back a decade from now, from if we look if we look back from twenty thirty, looking back to twenty twenty, um, most people will realize how um, how vital this having was, especially during this pandemic, especially during what we're going through right now. Um, and you'll you'll probably be thanking yourself, you patting yourself on the back for for getting through this and for. And for holding during this time, because it's it's so, so hard for people uh, not to hold right now because they just need the, they need the cash. Right. To, to, to pay for groceries. Right. It's 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 a sad time. Um, so I just want to make sure to inform you. This is how vital this is. Just so you understand, that's that's a bullish factor. That's a bullish factor. And most people aren't paying attention to. But I, I have to bring that up because I have to explain the importance of that. The next thing is obvious. Consensus 2020, Ethereal 2020 virtual blockchain week. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun for a lot of people, myself included. We'll, we'll definitely be covering it here in May. That's probably all we'll be doing is just covering that. Um, it's going to be a lot of thriller rundowns <laughs> going on during that time. So be, get ready for thriller rundowns and, and thriller news and, and stuff like that, because that'll be the time when we'll, we'll do a lot of those. And you're going to be like, hey, car, when are you going to do a thriller insights? Or hey, car, when are you going to do a thriller insight? I'll be like, well, we got a long week two weeks ahead of us. So we're going to get these through the rundowns. And um, yeah, so just just be ready for that. And that's going to be this is good for the space, right? I mean, this is when everybody usually goes to New York, but we're going to have to make a presence online. We're going to have to steal people's attention somehow, right, by doing it virtually. And um, I'm, I'm really wanting to get like some kind of VR headset so I can participate in some of these um, virtual reality like groups. It's going to be cool. So hopefully I can get one of those before this happens. Um, another thing, more stimulus checks. This is another bullish factor, potentially, maybe not, but still we saw how much, how much of these checks were, were allotted to towards Bitcoin. I'll put a link to the, sh in the show notes where you can see this thing called, um, 
fiatleak.com. It's crazy. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen, but it basically shows how much USD is going into Bitcoin at the this very moment. And it, and it shows it in all different currencies. You'll see it in like the Mexican peso. You'll see it in the Chinese yuan. Like you'll just see it, you'll see it in everything. Right. Um, it's crazy. Um, so so make sure to take a look at that website. Uh, make sure you're running it on Chrome because it'll crash. <laughs> It's like it just I took a screenshot of it so you can see, but it's nuts. It's like a video game. Uh, it's just you're just seeing all this all this fiat just exiting out of the system and into Bitcoin. It's it's crazy. Um, so I'll put that in there. But so, yeah, more stimulus checks is a bullish factor. Ethereal 2020 also is a bullish factor as well, too. Um, Ethereum has been um, just on a on a crazy ride this week. Uh, We're finding out that more people are not only purchasing Ethereum, but uh, some institutional investors as well, too. And some some particular people, his name's Chico Crypto. (laughs) He's made some very, very good uh, 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 evidence to to suggest that, um, you know, we might be looking at a USDC as a possible stablecoin. Uh, so it's it's crazy to think how this all this is all going to come together here in during blockchain week. So this is a very bullish factor for Bitcoin, for all of cryptocurrency, all. And, and when I say this and this, most people don't understand this and I just do not get it. But all roads lead back to Bitcoin. So <laughs> you can invest in Ethereum, you can invest in Litecoin, you can invest in all these cryptocurrencies. It all goes exiting out of, you know, back to Bitcoin. That's what I say. It, it always does. When Bitcoin starts rising again, people will start dumping off their altcoins and jumping back into into Bitcoin. That's just the way it is. Uh, so, so you really need to realize that everything that goes on in this ecosystem is great for Bitcoin. You know, in, in the long term. Um, so, more stimulus checks, blockchain week, six Bitcoin, and then also any unforeseen major fintech announcements because there's there is probably going to be some stuff that we're just not not hearing about right now that are just under wraps, right? Maybe Square launches something else when it comes to the Lightning Network, or maybe there's a big partnership with, uh, with I don't know, uh, Starbucks and Pizza Hut and accepting Bitcoin, right? right? Or maybe there's some more, um, some kind of wallet that the government releases, or who knows what it's going to be, right? So there's going to be these major fintech announcements that happen during that time, I would imagine, because they usually happen at that time, and you're going to start seeing a lot of, of stuff, right? So that's another bullish factor. And the last bullish factor, I should say, is going to be the buy side pressure as it overtakes the sell side pressure. And this is what the having is about. It's about miners selling because they're inefficient and they have to sell or they're very efficient and they need to sell because this is probably when they'll be able to sell at the highest uh, at the highest point. And you're going to have these retail investors buying in. So it's going to be very interesting to watch this battle back and forth during during blockchain week, because uh, this is when uh, the having is going to occur. So there's a lot of stuff to consider when it comes to bullish factors. And then let's get into the bearish factors going into the having. Of course, COVID-19, the lockdown, the pandemic, this continues on, unfortunately. Right. So this is going to be a thing. Uh, there's more states that are opening up this week. I'm, I'm sure there's more countries around the world that are slowly opening up as well, too. Uh, we're still seeing massive layoffs, unemployment, uh, a lot of people with no access to, to cash or fiat uh, to, and to enter into Bitcoin or anything like that. Like people are still struggling out there. So these are very bearish factors going into the having. Um, and then also like, 
Bash trading shot just like sent out this chart today and it, it literally shows I'll put it in the show notes literally shows signs of a Great Depression in play. Um, it's kind of weird because it plays out into 2021. So potentially, even if Bitcoin were to rise in 2021, from what we're seeing here in these charts, it looks like if you if you actually follow in line with where he's pointing everything at, you can kind of see that, hey, in 2021, 2022, a major uh, you know, drop in the Dow uh, is going to happen. And it's crazy to see these charts. And I hate that fact that he's right most of the time. <laughs> so I'll put that in the show notes so you can see it's crazy. We'll definitely talk about that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I will say this right off the top. I am not somebody you should be taking <laughs> regular NASDAQ and, and Dow Jones industrial average uh, information from, but it, it is something that I am looking at. You know, I have to have no choice. It's certainly affects our, our space, but, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see like that happen. So um, if that happens, I would imagine we would see another drop in Bitcoin and, and crypto, especially if it plays out the way he's showing it here in this chart. So these are all bearish factors going into the having. Right. And we can, we always know there's that possibility of us of something else happening. We I mean, they just released this week <laughs> UFO videos, apparently like like what's going on. I don't know. So what I'm trying to say is like there's always there's always something that we just don't see around the corner, unfortunately. No matter how how bullish or bearish we are, we just can't can't. Especially in 2020, we just can't, you know, expect. We just gotta expect the unexpected at this point. I mean, that's the safest thing, right? Just expect the unexpected in 2020. So these bearish factors in play: COVID-19, lockdown, massive layoffs, unemployment, no access to fiat or cash, signs of a Great Depression in play, possibly. And the unexpected of the unexpectedness of 2020. So um, these are all things. Um, yeah, I'm writing that down. <laughs> unexpectedness of 2020, just because I feel like, gosh, I should definitely put that in there. Um, so these are the things you need to know uh, going into the having. I feel. You know, it's very easy to get to get locked into the whole and you already know this. This is why I don't have to go and cover what a having is or, you know, how it works and and, and exactly why we do it and, and, and what his vision, what Satoshi's vision was not related to the coin. You know what I mean? Like these are these are things you already know. We, these are things that we've already covered. I don't need to go into that. Uh, this is why I gave you a very quick synopsis at the very top. And this is why I feel like miners Currency wars, Bitcoin supply, uh, the drop to six Bitcoin is vital. The bullish factors, the bearish factors are all things that you shouldn't be knowing going into the having that are very important. Now, let's get into coin analysis because we are in a thriller insights. That's right. You thought I was going to do it all in, in one go. No, no, no. We're going into very much detail. And this is all going to be about uh, the Bitcoin having at this point. And if we're going to coin analysis. We're going to dive into Bitcoin and I'm going to tell you exactly what the charts look like. I'm going to show you exactly what the history is telling us when it comes to charts and when it comes to the Bitcoin having. I'm going to tell you exactly what uh, this crazy guy named Willie Wu is saying. <laughs> He's not crazy. He's actually pretty brilliant. And then we're going to dive into future predictions where I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen. But first, that's right, coin analysis. Let's do it.
Yeah, I feel like I feel like Thriller Insights was made perfect for this episode. Uh, it's just the perfect format for it. We're going to dive into Bitcoin, uh, specifically talking about the having. Right. Uh, I'm not going to talk about, you know, you know, five months from now, 10 months from now. I'm not going to talk about what's what's going on here. You know, eight years from now, uh, this is strictly just about Bitcoin and what we're seeing on the charts, uh, what we're seeing metrics wise uh, and uh, all the data that's been provided uh, out there and, and, and brought in and gathered for y'all. So this is what we're, we're looking at. Uh, first up. I want to mention, uh, and this is very important, hash, race, hash rate is increasing uh, uh, for Bitcoin. And this is something that we kind of knew was going to happen uh, just because of in April we had the uh, Bitcoin Cash, uh, Bitcoin SV uh, uh, halvings as well. And everybody dropped off because they fell down to, to six Bitcoin, right? So everybody dropped off of there and then moved over to Bitcoin. <laughs> so the hash, race, hash, rate, hash rate increased. And now it's even increased even further. So this tells us that, uh, yeah, miners are going at it, <laughs> trying to mine as much uh, Bitcoin as they can before the halving. So this is very important information you should know here in Coin Analysis, starting from the top. Uh, okay. And with that, we're going to go into, and actually we're going to discuss Plan B. If you don't know who Plan B is, we actually did a, um, gosh, I don't know if it was a thriller insider or it might even been a thriller rundown where we discussed, uh, Plan B's, uh, stock to flow model, right? Uh, we did a whole episode on it. Uh, you have to probably look back last year where we, it was his first actual kind of valuation of Bitcoin and how it's correlated with gold and silver and the stock to flow model and how that works. You can go back and listen to that uh, and, and kind of get an understanding of, of all that stuff. Well, recently, this week, recently, uh, as of this week, as of Monday, actually, he released, uh, he, this was one of the main reasons why why I waited because uh, he, had, he had talked about it last week that he was going to release something this week relating to the having and, and, and anybody who's any, who, anybody who, uh, who looks at this, uh, professionally should be listening to, to this guy just because, uh, ultimately like this is somebody who has, uh, years of experience, uh, coming from the, the macro, uh, uh, investor space. So, um, he sees, he sees hard assets like no one's business. So we have to take a look and not, not only if, you know, there's some people that disagree with him and I totally understand that, but at the end of the day, uh, people, people with the, uh, tremendous amount of following inform other people. That's just the way the, the space is right. That's how it's designed. Uh, maybe, I don't know it, but it, I've always seen it. I, I could, I could be totally against something, but it doesn't matter if the majority thinks this is it, then you have to at least respect it and look at it. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't want to get into a whole inside baseball thing on that. Well, that's for another day. But I will say though, that, you know, this is something that we have to take a look at because he has a large following. A lot of people, uh, are looking at this data and are interpreting it uh, a certain way. So we have to make sure that we look at it that way. And of course, I'll give you my opinion. So first, he is saying that um, he is saying that he is releasing a variant of the Bitcoin stock to flow model. Now, this new model, he's calling it basically stock to flow X. Really cool name. <laughs> Plan B's uh, stock to flow X model combines the valuation of Bitcoin with assets such as gold and silver. Stuff you already know, right? But what's interesting about this particular model, and I'll put it in the show notes, is that he's come to the conclusion that Bitcoin as an asset is going through a series of phase transitions. Now, this is really interesting. Now, see, this is why I love uh, 
I love getting people who are out of this, who are not in this space, you know, who don't come from this space, but who who come from a different perspective, right? Uh, this is why I love listening to somebody like him because he's going to have a macro investor uh, a, a view on how how to look at Bitcoin, and this is exactly why people listen to him because this is great to understand from that perspective, right? Uh, this is why you want to listen to somebody who has a, a tech view on Bitcoin because they can tell you exactly what the tech behind Bitcoin and why that's important or why this other piece of a protocol or a transition into something else is not important, right? Because uh, you need somebody with that view who understands that. Uh, so these these different views are very important in crypto and you have to make sure that you get them all. And I definitely try my best to, to give you all those views, especially if I only see one view. Uh, I want to make sure I understand them all uh, or at least see them all. So let's get into this. This is cool. So he, he sees that Bitcoin narratives seem very continuous uh, in the stock to flow X chart. And he says that by combining these, these narratives with financial milestones, he's calling them relative to price data and the stock to flow model, they look very much like phases, uh, especially with abrupt transitions. So if he, he looks at, he basically, and I'll put it in the show notes, but he calls these little clusters. They're basically like clusters, right? And he has this, um, this model where, where Bitcoin reaches a thousand, a thousand dollars, right? Um, he calls it the uh, proof of concept cluster. And this is right after the Bitcoin white paper. And then he has this other cluster where he says, like, if, if uh, you know, if if uh, if Bitcoin just was just a proof of concept, right, if it was just released as a proof of concept, as just a white paper, you, it would it would shoot up to a thousand dollars and possibly even a million dollars. Like, that's how much the value of it could possibly be worth. And then he says, well, let's look at a different cluster. Let's look at a payments. And he goes into this other cluster called a payments cluster. And it, and it's basically it's a parity to the U.S. dollar, right? A one to one just as a payments cluster. And he sees that as a hundred million dollar idea. Um, or he sees that as a market value for something like that. So he's looking at it from a macro investor's point of view, right? Uh, this is how he's able to calculate where he can allocate certain capital that's, that he's given to to allocate, uh, you know, and and make a profit, right? So he, he also goes into another cluster, and this cluster he's calling it e gold, and he says this is after the first happening where people start seeing uh, Bitcoin as gold, right? And, and even it goes, it even passes and, and goes to the parity of one ounce of gold, eventually, right? And he thinks this is like a uh, like a ten billion dollar idea, <laughs> which is which is nuts, right? But it makes sense, like you know, this is kind of something that we saw after the second happening, right? This is what people were saying that it was just digital gold, right? I even had people at work <laughs> tell me this year before we had a lockdown that, yeah, I'm investing in Bitcoin, it's digital gold. And I'm like, wait a second, you didn't even <laughs> know what Bitcoin was two months ago. So it's just, it's funny how, you know, these ideas take hold and people will look at this value a different way, right? And so he's saying these clusters are related to that. And it's fascinating. So he says the fourth cluster, this is the cluster that he's thinking that we're gonna see here. Uh, as we approach this, this, this other happening is the financial asset cluster. And he thinks that, um, you know, this is going to be a billion transactions per day milestone, right? Uh, legal clarity in Japan and Australia, future markets uh, with the CME and back that have already occurred. But he sees this as a potentially 100. Um, let me see if I got that right. There's a lot of zeros there. 
hundred billion dollar idea going into, you know, the two hundred fifty billion idea range, and and so this market value that he's assigning to these different clusters is fascinating, right? And so uh, each chart shows this new phase uh, for for Bitcoin, and it brings a substan- substantial uptick in, in the valuation of it, and it makes a lot of sense looking at it from his perspective. But now, according to this, if you follow this uh, stock to flow model with this new forecast that he's that he's talking about and the average Bitcoin price uh, today in in 2020 um, is, you know, 7.7K. Right. It's it's kind of crazy to think that we're at that price range. But he sees this this value accruing to two hundred eighty eight thousand USD by 2024. Uh, And so. This is one of the most important macro investors in the space saying that's where he values Bitcoin. That's that's a big uh, piece of information right there that you should definitely take to the bank. And, and I wouldn't go out and, 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 you know, invest on that alone because that's just, you know, one man's ideas. But it's definitely something that everybody in the space has looked at and is considering. And his stock, his regular stock to flow or last year's stock to flow model was just amazing because we had never looked at Bitcoin that way. So the fact that he's munching them here in uh, in, in clusters, it's uh, it's pretty fascinating, uh, especially if he sees these as different phases. Uh, it's something that we never thought of. So that's 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 a Plan B's forecast that he sees. So 2020 through 2024, 288,000. He thinks that's where Bitcoin. Uh, valuation should be at and will 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 go to according to this new model that he created um yeah so let's go into the 2020 have the 2012 having right so we have to remember that the first happening happened on november 28th 2012 and at that time you know right before the happening it was at 50 btc per block but after it was at 25 btc per block right um the the price of Bitcoin that day was $12.35. 150 days later, it was actually $127, right? And I'll put a chart in the show notes so you can kind of see. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, it actually, you know, started that little bull run at that time, right? And then you go to the 2016 halving, right? And that occurred July 9th, 2016. And at that time, Bitcoin had pumped, you know, uh, earlier in June, like just went catastrophic, <laughs> right? Uh, and this is at a time when it was mining 25 BTC per block, uh, went down to 12 at the halving. And uh, on the day of the halving, it was at $650, right? Because it had dropped, it, it, kind of crazy, but it had it went up in June, crashed back down, and then went up to like 650 and then stay stagnant for a little bit, and then continued to go up. And 150 days later, it was at $758, and um, that was that was a crazy thing. And that started the whole 2017 run. Um, so now that you have a little understanding of these halvings and how they occurred, uh, we need to we need to go into something that I want to talk about here. And I think it's very important. And we've kind of already alluded to it here earlier was the 2020 halving. Right. And the six the six BTC per block. Um, if you look at the charts here, uh, make no mistake, we we definitely peaked um, in in February 10, 10K. It was beautiful. It was looking great. Remember those days? It was looking great. Right. And uh, it passed us by uh, and it, 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 uh, it kind of did a whiplash and work. We fell down 
to 3.8K. We've climbed back up since then. We're at 7.7, 7.8K right now. And uh, we're up 100% from 30 days ago, which is great, right? That's I would even call that a, a little bull rally, 100%, right? If you would have bought at 4K, you're sitting pretty right now, right? Doubling your, 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 your fiat. But uh, I want to say that um, this Willy Woo Litecoin scenario seems highly possible, highly possible. I will say this. Um, so Willy Woo, if you don't know who this guy is, he's, he's probably one of the most, um, you know, pro, pro, I wouldn't say prolific, but <laughs> you know, actually, you know, he kind of is. Uh, he, he actually he is kind of prolific. That with his charts, uh, he has his own, uh, um, you know, set of tools that he uses that he creates. Uh, for for charting Bitcoin and um, I've, I was able to see him last year at uh, at South by and was able to listen to him talk about Bitcoin and it's clear that he understands it on a level that most don't and so it's uh, it was clear to me that day and and even now just following him and, and being a fan of his work you can kind of see where his mindset is with these things and so he he says this and this is something that he's always said and i always thought it was fascinating something that i listened to uh, i went and verified and it turns out it is true he says light litecoin ltc has a habit of leading bitcoin right this is this is uh something that he uh has tweeted out so he obviously believes it doesn't look like he's um you know kind of pulling anybody's chain on this right but if you look at the data, if you go back and look at what he's talking about, you can kind of see what he what he's saying, because most people will see Litecoin leading Bitcoin. No, what are you talking about? And it was funny because I don't know if you remember, but during during March, um, during March, I want to say Bitcoin in March, there was a, a point during the episode. And I don't remember at what point, but I said, you know, if Bitcoin falls below this price, uh, then the 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 having or the pre pump to the to the having passed us by and we missed it, and 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 I said I said offhandedly like, well I guess I guess it wouldn't make sense because Litecoin does, <laughs> Litecoin does lead, uh, Bitcoin apparently, and I said it like offhandedly like joking but not really joking but like it would make sense right because that's what people have been saying I've heard that and uh, sure enough Willy Woo again here recently said the exact same thing. Um, so we're going to take a look at his um, Litecoin scenario so you can understand what he's talking about. And this is this made my take on, you know, I'll talk about my take on it and future predictions a whole lot more um, difficult than it needed to be. <laughs> so this is, you know, looking at this, there's just, it's just so much uncertainty right now in, in this space when it comes to having um, but we'll get into that in future predictions. But let's get into the Willy Woo Litecoin scenario. So he says Litecoin underwent its own halving event on the 5th of August 2019. Uh, and I remember this fairly well. Um, as a result, the price of Litecoin peaked uh, June 22nd, uh, 2019. Uh, it, it was at a value of $146. Um, I would even take it a step further because uh, I remember telling you on 2018 in December that Hey, I'm buying a crap ton of Litecoin here at $20 and I'm going to sell. And I think I sold at $90 or $100. And I was totally happy with that. 
Um, but I, I remember I remember it peaking in February and then going to uh, to New York and or actually going to South by and, and talking about it and saying, wow, Litecoin is like leading <laughs> Litecoin and Tron <laughs> are like leading the uh, leading the the markets these days. What the hell is going on? Like it didn't make any sense. And I think Travis Kling uh, even said it during uh, in New York at Ethereal where he was like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Anyways. At that time, Litecoin had peaked. I would say February, personally, but going to according to his data, yeah, uh, personally, it, it it did it did peak in June twenty second, twenty nineteen, uh, at one forty six. Um, so immediately after that, Litecoin went, underwent a six month correction, and we saw the value of, of Litecoin drop to thirty five dollars before a relief rally um, earlier this year when it went to around eighty four dollars, right when Bitcoin was at ten k, right. Um, so the I'll put a, I'll put a link I'll put a link here in the uh, in the show notes so you can uh, or actually not a link I'll put a, a, a photo here of the chart so you can see with the with the with the peak and then um, what that looks like and then the um, the having event taking place so now you know that scenario right you know that Litecoin what had happened to Litecoin peaked in June fell off and and or halved in August. Um, and then fell off for six month correction, right? If you look at Bitcoin this month, we have a death cross on the daily chart, right? Like this is not a surprise. Um, further using this Litecoin, you know, um, scenario, we can kind of see that, um, or we can kind of conclude that Bitcoin experienced its local top before the halving in mid March. Kind of what I said um, in in Bitcoin in February or Bitcoin in March. Like, oh, I guess if we do that, then that means we did we passed the pre pump. We didn't even know it, and and. And and so they're con- they're concluding the same thing here, and that's kind of what Willie uh, Wu saying that uh, we had that we had that already happen for us here in mid February. We just didn't know that was it, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so if we look at if we look at the um, the Litecoin pattern um, from last year, Bitcoin might experience a six month bearish environment according to Willie Wu's scenario until mid August. And, um, you know, further using this kind of top for Litecoin at 146 and a bottom of $35 in December 2019, uh, you can you can kind of get a, a predictive ratio. Right. According to his uh, his uh, his analysis. And we can kind of estimate that Bitcoin should find a bottom around. Now, this is according to him, twenty five hundred dollar area using the top of ten thousand five hundred, according to him. So. This is a scenario you should definitely know of. Um, not trying to scare you, but this is—I think he might be right. He might be right. He might be wrong about the price, but he might be right about the the pattern and about it, it actually leading it. Um, but yeah, this is something that you should definitely know. This is something that you should definitely follow. And this is what I wanted to talk about in in Bitcoin analysis. These three things, you know, this this Bitcoin. Uh, stock to flow X model that Plan B has released this week. I also want to talk about what would happen in 2012 having and what happened in 2016 having and what's happening here in the 2020 having. Also, want to talk about this Litecoin scenario that's kind of being talked about amongst people uh, in the space because this is something that everybody is understanding now and kind of you know once it once this little <laughs> this little information gets trickled into everybody, they start getting worried, right? 
so this informs price at a certain point, right? Because this person has a lot of reach and this person reaches a lot of people and these there's publications that are publishing this now. So it's, it's, it's out there and it's being consumed. So we have to uh, understand like this is part of the Bitcoin analysis going into the halving now. Um, whether people agree with it or not or whether people follow it, it is, is totally a different scenario, but it's informing people nonetheless. So this is what I wanted to talk about in Bitcoin analysis. Oh, and then I also forgot to mention we talked about the hash rate increasing and why that's important. So now, now that we covered all of that, <laughs> I told you it was going to be a long episode. Let's get into future predictions. Speculative token analysis. These are future predictions. Now, I will say that I should say this at the top, that this is future predictions, and we know Thriller Insights and what this means in this segment. And this means that this is something that I'm seeing. There is no... Well, actually, there's a little data. <laughs> I shouldn't say there's this time. There's actually some data saying that this is a likely scenario. Um, and I'll post it here in the newsletter. Um, but I also should say that, hey, this is like 80 um, percent speculative on my part and like 20 percent actual real data that I can show you and say, hey, this is what I'm reading according to the data that I'm finding. And um the rest of the 80% is just instinct <laughs> being in the space <laughs> for so long, understanding what Bitcoin does during these times and then uh, reading uh, everything and understanding the investors and uh, the different uh, well groups that are around us <laughs> lurking, ready to dump on us. So just remember that at the top. Now, I struggled and, and like I said, I struggled back and forth with two different scenarios in my head uh, for over a week now. Um, I didn't get my price ranges until today. For the most part, I felt like I knew we were going to either do one scenario or the other scenario. I just didn't know what the prices were going to be. But coming down to the wire today, I was able to really solidify a price that I feel comfortable with giving y'all. Um, and, and for me, actually taking it into consideration for myself as well, too, because I'll be looking for these signs and I'm going to know here by the 5th of May if I was right or wrong, which is which is great. You want to know well before the having anyway. Um, so these are and, and I should say I give you percentages as well, too, for these scenarios, because I, I don't want to. And I feel like that's one thing that we do really good here is I try to give you a percentage of what I'm feeling for that and, and what that looks like. But like I said, remember from the very top, this is all speculative, 80 percent speculative, 20 percent actual data that I can show you uh, with metrics. Right. Uh, and the rest is 80 percent speculative. So just remember that and we'll see. We'll see if uh, if this kind of comes into fruition. So this first scenario and I, I should apologize also. Um, I gave both these scenarios 50% because that's how un unsure I am. Like, I really try to wrestle one way or another. But right now, if I have to release this today, I'm giving both of them 50%. If I wait two more days or three more days, then those percentages 
percentages could change. I'm just going to tell you right now, but I'm putting them both at 50 percent as of today, as of midnight <laughs> here in Austin, Texas on, 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 on April 28th. This is this is what I'm feeling 50 percent both ways, just because everything that I'm seeing is telling me this. And and, and I'm, I'm feeling like this is the two scenarios. So 50 percent right down the middle. I can't give you a one way or another. I'm sorry. I, I really tried to wrestle with it. And I couldn't, I really couldn't do it. And I don't want to, it's not, it's not that I want to be wrong. I just don't want to give you bad information if I'm not a hundred percent feeling it. Right. So, okay. With all that being said, now let's get into my perspective on the third happening of Bitcoin. So let's do it. This is going to be likely scenario one. And like I said, this is at, this is at 50 percent. This is how strongly I feel that it could possibly happen. So right off the bat, I'm going to tell you that this likely scenario is that we're going to see a pump into the happening from now into May 12th through the 16th. And we're going to get back to that 12K, 13K Bitcoin range. We then, of course, will we'll dump and fall back down to the 7.8K to 9.2K range as miners adjust to the price post-halving, right? Like I said, miners will sell off the, the inefficient ones and the efficient ones will stay on. But the reason I, I wanted to give you this scenario, because I, I really think this is a high probability, it's 50%, so I really feel strongly that it is a probability is because of the huge surge in demand for, for Bitcoin and Ethereum over the last uh, past few weeks. And, and it seems like it's even going further, right? It, it seems like the retail uh, investor has came on board. And we just found out here recently that uh, institutional investors are investing into Ethereum and they're paying even more than they would if they would just go out there and just purchase Ethereum. Uh, so they're buying it from a trust. So... As this uh, block having goes down to six, I think this is going to play an even more important factor than years past than having's past. Like I was saying earlier, um, this is going to have a far bigger impact this time around, especially uh, uh, during this time frame because of what's going on with uh, all of these uh, virtual meetups that we'll have and the announcements that'll play perfectly for what Bitcoin's trying to do. And if you remember last April Bulls run. Um, we had a very spectacular uh, week uh, in New York when um, when Bitcoin was just rising. So we're not there physically, but we'll, we'll be there virtually. And and so this is where I'm seeing that range. And as, as of course, I should also mention with governments continuing to inflate currencies and the way they're mitigating the economic impact of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, 
um, the greater amount of fiat uh, uh, is going to be chasing for these limited amount of goods and services, especially as this inflation becomes inevitable in a lot of people's minds. Um, this will cause this will cause uh, you know prudent investors to turn to Bitcoin as a safe haven to preserve their purchasing power. You'll start seeing that, especially once uh, they, these uh, virtual conferences start happening. Um, now, this idea um, that Bitcoin will pump and alts won't will keep up for a while, right? I'm not saying all alts aren't going to pump up, aren't going to pump, but uh, Bitcoin uh, will make a run here in the short term. Um, and it's going to start leading to larger consolidation. Um, but th this is to be expected, right? Uh, around a halving. And um, I should also mention on both prior halving occasions, Bitcoin surged to an all new new time high within the 12 months afterwards, right? Um, so if, uh, if it's possible that th this likely scenario could happen, uh, there's so much liquidity out there that just hasn't been placed anywhere. Um, so from a fundamental standpoint, uh, it, it looks like these real effects uh, of, of inflation and inevitability of inflation and the multiple amount of uh, there's not that many safe haven assets that people can invest in these days. <laughs> and I feel like Bitcoin is strong, is slowly stronging uh, into that lead, in my opinion. Now, I should also mention that post having uh, Libra will launch. There will be a back phase two rollout. Ethereum 2.0 will launch. And of course, CBDCs will come online. And of course, China Digital One. Now, these are all bullish things, right, in the grand scheme of things. And also, just to reiterate, this is likely scenario one. Like, this is a definite possible scenario. And I'll, I'll explain it why here, because if you look at... Um, just what the charts are saying specifically. And this is where the 20% data comes from. <laughs> if you're wondering, you're like, man, car, that sounds like 100% <laughs> speculation. Yeah, it does. But this is where the 20% uh, actually comes from. Um, so if we, if we look at a chart here, we can kind of see uh, with what trading shot has shown us. And it seems like other traders are kind of falling in line with what he's saying now. Um, and this is the, the break on the upside here to the 9.4K range. Everybody seems to speculate that we're going to hit 9.4K uh, on the 12th or before the 12th. Um, there are some traders that see that as a bullish signal. They think that once we get above that $8,600 threshold, uh, we can see if we can see further uh, uh, further run up towards past 10k into 11k, and then we know what happens after it gets about 10k, just FOMO. And uh, if you can imagine what CNBC is going to be saying uh, at that point, so I, I could totally see that playing out, and we have seen it played out in, in years past, especially last year, for example. Um, so if it gets above 8600, uh, we're literally close to 10k, and at that point. Uh, CNBC and the rest of the, the media can take us well of the rest of the way to 12 or 13K. So this is where the 20% is coming from. And I'll go ahead and put a, a chart with one of the one of the uh, 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 traders here actually showing that. And it's 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 very um, data driven. Um, but I should say that uh, this is all a scenario uh, because you will see when I go into scenario two that this falls in line with that as well, too. Um, it's so you really will know here in the short term <laughs> where it's headed. And this is what I like about giving you these two scenarios. But here, here, let me tell you this one. 
So likely scenario two is also 50%. And the reason I did, did it this way is because I feel like, you know, telling you that it's both 50%, you'll, you, you will know by the fifth if uh, which way we're going, which direction we're headed. And so this other scenario is a dump before the halving. So I mean, like there's going to be a dump here on May 1st. So Friday through the 5th, uh, we're going to get a dump back to 6.5K. So uh, once we get that dump, we then go into the halving peaking at 9.4K. So we'll see a run into uh, May 12th is what I'm saying. And then, of course, we'll see a fall back down to retest 5.8K and 7.2K range as miners adjust to the price post having um and this is all from a trading shot chart and this is where it's this is where it's tough because gosh this guy's like 90 percent right uh, all the time so it's it's kind of one of those where it's just like mash man like you know so what 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 his his correlation to all this makes sense and it it really does like it is not coming from out of thin air uh so he's looking at fibonacci channels on a ton of time scale. So if you do that, you can kind of see that he has a Fibonacci uh, a frame of, of, of dot 382. Uh, if you look at it, previous two cycles, when the price was about to enter this Fibonacci level, a pullback to the nearest uh, price Fib took place. So for example, in January 2016, the price Fib uh, was around 0.5. So it pulled back to the nearest at 3.82 or 0.382. And then in August of 2012, which was a, a match shorter cycle, keep that in mind, the price was around 0.618. 1.8 price fib so it pulled back to the nearest 0.5 and then i don't have to explain the 2016 but you kind of get the idea so lo and behold <laughs> it th that that price fibonacci level of uh, uh, 0.382 showed up right and then lo and behold in 2016 it showed up again right uh and then lo and behold here we go into 2020 and this is why trading shot is the best. <laughs> so he's he's seeing it. He's seeing that price Fibonacci level at at, 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 at 0.382 again. And where does that lead you to? Yes, roughly 6.5K. So this is why I'm giving you this scenario as 50% as well, too. But the great thing about giving you these two scenarios, and this is where my logic is coming from. Um, I would love to make a profit here in the short term and then and then buy back down into into Bitcoin once it gets back down to the 8K range. If, if it does, if we go with likely scenario two, right, uh, I mean, likely scenario one. But if we go with likely scenario two, then we're going to see a dump here back to 6.5K here in the next few days. So I would say within within this week, by the end of the week. By the time we do our Bitcoin in, in May episode this weekend, you will we will know whether we're going back down to 6.5K and kind of what we're seeing here. So if we go back down to 6.5K, then we know that, hey, we are hitting that Fibonacci level. And then we're going to be into we're going to be peaking at the halving probably in the 9.44K range. And it makes sense because if you think about it, we fall back down to 6.5K. Um, most people are caught off guard, right? Uh, you know, miners sell; they finally overtake uh, retail investors. They they make their they make their bunches, and then we go back into the the having uh, peaking at nine point four k because we recover fast because everybody's buying into the having, and then a further dump happens post having when uh, you know miners sell off again too, and that gets us back to the five point eight k range uh, to the seven point two range. 
And then it's just a matter of adjusting to minors post having. So this all makes sense if you think of it like that um, for likely scenario two. But if you look at likely scenario one, which uh, is a pump into the happening from now through the 12th and 16th of May, we get back to that nine point. We get back to the nine point four range, nine nine point four K range at around the 12th anyway. So if we keep pumping here uh, and then we, we get back to 12, 13 K post happening and it's a run at that point and then a, a fall back down. So the, you will know if we are going to if we're going to go the other route right away. Um, so if we fall later this week, then we know that likely scenario one is not a possibility. There's not going to be a 13 K Bitcoin. Unfortunately, that doesn't mean we're not going to have a run into the happening. We will, but it, it won't surpass 9.4 K according to these Fibonacci levels. There's always that, you know, you know, um, there's always that, you know, you know, thing we don't see that could put us over 10 K. Right. So I will say that, but, um, if you just stick to these Fibonacci levels, then if we go back down to 6.5K this weekend uh, or Monday or Tuesday of next week, whichever day it is, then we know like, hey, um, we all we can expect is 9.4K or anything slightly above that, but nothing further than that. So we know where to get out if you wanted to get out before it falls back down and then, then buy back in later. Like you, you know where to go. But if we don't fall, we don't fall this weekend and we don't fall on Monday or Tuesday and we continue, then, hey, everything is in play <laughs> for that 12, 13 K Bitcoin into uh, May 12th through the 16th. So, yeah, these are the two scenarios I'm giving you. This is where I'm trying to this is where I was grappling with trying to give you like a certain percentage this is why I said, you know what, I'm just going to give them 50 percent, because at this point, we're both going to know uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll definitely talk about it in uh, Bitcoin in May when, when that gets released this weekend. But um, this is all I got here in future predictions. Uh, I'm sorry if I built it up <laughs> uh, through the episode and you're like, man, Carr, you really didn't give me a lot. I was expecting more. I, I, but I, I will say in my defense, I will say this. I will say that I'm giving you the information that, you know, probably you didn't want <laughs> or expected but i'm telling you like this is this is what i could gather and this is what all the data is showing me and this is what every inkling <laughs> in my crypto bitcoin body is telling me uh are these two scenarios and I, I i i will say this too because i've gotten this email before like oh car that's a cop out you're giving us two scenarios not giving it you're not giving us one and I, my my job and i will say this again my job for this uh, uh subscription is to make sure I give you all the information that you need. Um, and uh, I I don't care about my ego. <laughs> like I, I don't care if I'm right or wrong. I want to be 100% right, but I don't care if I'm right or wrong. I'd rather give you all the information than be, than be right, if that makes sense, right? I'd rather give you all the information and give you three different scenarios or one or two different scenarios or whatever that particular topic is about and you have all the information available to you so you know hey look out for this look out for this or uh, i could give you one scenario like most people and you'd be like oh he didn't do it again i guess he was wrong and then it becomes like he's always wrong but it's because people are trying to be right too much when you should just try to give them the amount of information that is available at that time and they can make the informed decision and all this is 
all these these links are in the in the note are in the uh, newsletter. So be sure to go through all of them. Everything's clickable. So if you click on it, you'll be able to go to right to these charts and, and right to the information that I found so you can verify it all and you can kind of come to your own consensus. Um, and I think in the Telegram group, we were actually uh, I think somebody was talking about it uh, this week about the price and where they were seeing it. And um, and at that time, everything looked like it was going the opposite way. So this is honestly and I said at the top of the show, this is one of the most difficult havings to call. If there's ever been a having to call this difficult, this would be it. I think this is the most important having that we're going to see uh, at least uh, here in, in the first 20 years of Bitcoin. This is going to be the one that everybody goes back to and says, like, this was a turning point uh, for Bitcoin was this having. So I will say that for sure. I would I would throw 80 percent on that specifically. Uh, I would think 2020 and 2028 are going to be the 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 real big having years for Bitcoin uh, when we go back and look at the history books. So this is a very important having. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But these are the likely two scenarios. And hopefully you guys can, um, you know, um, make your own decision on those. And then also I should mention before uh, I let you go is to make sure and sh- make sure and share this. There's some pretty sure there's some people out there that don't know what it's going on. So this might be over their head because you guys are pretty smart. So this might be over their head. So you might have to explain it to them. Uh, so just let them know, hey, don't freak out with all this information he's dumping on. you. <laughs> like this is not a test. Uh, this is just yeah, he, he's a neurotic and he over prepares me. <laughs> so just let them know that. Uh, OK, that's all I got. You know, since I've been working from home here for my day job, uh, my wife has been listening to these phone calls that I have with my clients uh, when I talk about their networks or talk about anything that goes down. Uh, It was funny because today I'm over here explaining something to a client. I'm telling her like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what we're expecting. And this is probably what we're likely going to the path that we're going to follow through with. And she was like, why do you give them so many, (laughs) so much information? And I was like, well, because when it comes to something that's as critical as people's networks and how they make their money, they want to be sure. Right. Like they want to know a timeline and they want it verified and they want it in writing. And so she was just kind of thrown off, like why I'm like that. And this is what I try to bring to y'all every day. The same thing. Try to over-prepare you, give you a path forward, let you know why we got there, let you know where it's going, and uh, let you make the informed decision because at the end of the day, it's uh, your investment. It's it's your it's your livelihood, right? So that's all we're trying to do here. So I really appreciate everybody who's uh, subscribed here lately. And uh, like I said, let's look forward to this Bitcoin having. It's going to be crazy. See you this weekend.